Okay, so today I'm joined by Ben Garrett. Ben Garrett is a creative director over at Pixite, a small company that's been flying high in the App Store for many years. Pixite have many apps in the store. They range from creative journaling with their application Zinnia, graphic design with assembly, all the way through to colourful drawing and relaxation with their app Pigment. Ben has been with Pixite for quite a few years, so I thought I'd catch up with him today to find out a little more about what makes him and the company tick and how they've approached business in the App Store. So, welcome, Ben. Thanks for having me, David. It's uh, it's good to be here. So, as we kick off with this, Ben, I'm, I'm going to ask you, how did you get into app development? You know, what, what attracted you to the field? That's funny. I was... Um... I was thinking about that this morning uh, in the shower, actually, and the the default answer is always uh, through Flash, and I was like, well, there's more to it than that, you know. So uh, to sort of jump around a little bit, um, I did Flash development for a number of years, uh, living actually, um, I did Flash development. Uh, Probably from 1998, maybe 97. I, I, I honestly don't remember when Flash sort of came out. I do remember seeing Flash websites for the first time. I think there was a website called Gabble Corp. Um, that was pretty popular, like right in the beginning. And it was one of the sites that I think they were just a, a Flash design agency. And it was the first time I had seen such cool animation on the web. Yep. And really got interested in it. You know, I was already playing with, um, web design here and there. And in the beginning, didn't really do any development, uh, was relying on Dreamweaver to do most of my web, web work. Um, and discovered flash, got excited about that, started to play with flash. Um, and eventually started doing, um, flash sites for, for DJs. Uh, so I used to, I realized this morning, I was like, you know what? The, the rave culture that I was sort of part of back in the nineties actually played a big role here. Yeah. Um, I knew a bunch of DJs. I DJed a little, little bit myself. I went into parties and raves clubs, what have you. I was always really interested, really into the, um, the visuals that were, were, were put up in, in, always curious like how we do how are they doing the things that they're doing where do the audio visual effects come from what is this software this is super interesting um and wanted to get into that a little bit um so the djs seem to be the ones that were pretty receptive to wanting flash websites because you know you could do you could you could do dj mixes you could do audio you could do all this cool animation so i found a little bit of a niche there um so this is kind of early 2000s sort of time? This is like late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. 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 So within Flash, you found sort of the creativity um, and kind of the, the play between the visual and the audio side of things when making those sort of sites? Yeah. Yeah. I had I had a lot of fun with it. I mean, I had a lot of fun sort of um, rebuilding my, you know, my own personal portfolio site, you know, every couple of years or so and doing something interesting with it. Um, my first site, which was definitely, you could kind of laugh at and So maybe, maybe not the best idea in order to get clients was 
it, you know, Flash is always known for the intros, of course, right? Whatever, whatever it happened to be. Um, the intro for this site was a 3D puzzle box, like, created within Flash, and you had to sort of, it was sort of a game, and it was easy. You could, like, slide things around in this 3D puzzle box, and then it would open up and play this big, you know, animation with beats and whatever and then eventually it would it would open and i i don't i don't know if i had a skip button on there i hope i did because <laughs> uh, <laughs> obviously that wasn't doing well for maybe getting clients um so at the same time i was you know making you know doing flash sites so the flash sites for djs was was a, was a ton of fun i've i was freelancing uh at the time i've, I've actually spent most of my career free freelancing um, I was doing general design work as well for, you know, print design for flyers and magazines and also websites for, you know, um, corporate clients. Um, but I started to dabble in the, you know, the live visual stuff for, you know, to, you know, for DJs and for, for techno yeah. uh, and started to sort of wrap my head around that a little bit and figure out what software was available. Um, and you may be familiar because I, I, you know, with with Go VJ, I, I imagine you're familiar with some of the um, some of the desktop uh, VJ software. Absolutely, um, yeah. I yeah. was I used Resolume and Archaos. Those that's funny. I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing those correctly, but that's how I've been pronouncing them that, forever. That, that's how I pronounce them. And, and <laughs> yes, those pieces of software were were staples of mine, sort of circa 2004. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and what was exciting about both of them is they both provided flash support, um, and not just flash support for playing flash visuals, but you were able to, um, put some variables within the, you know, within the Swift file that would allow you to control elements of the, the, the animation with, uh, the UI, like controls in the software. That's right. You could um, expose like parameters to control those visuals. Yeah, yeah, Exactly. Um, I know they started with text and then they did a few other ones. And so I actually worked with both companies to help create sort of stock, well, sort of get the, get, you know, test it out and get it working correctly um, and do a little bit of back and forth. But I helped both of them um, in creating some stock. Vis- actually, I did stock visuals for our chaos um, with some of this stuff, some of the parameter based visuals um, and text driven stuff. And then, I, I worked with the Resolume guys as well a little bit in sort of testing that. And I created, I ended up sort of, I had a, um, I had a website called Trigger Motion. And from there, I had a bunch of flash uh, visuals where you could download for free. And some, some, some were paid. The ones with the, that had a little more um, capability uh, control-wise within the software I was, I was charging for. And so that was a little side thing I was doing. And that was, that was super fun. Awesome. So, sort of, kind of, let's bring this this a little bit more up to date. I'm sort of thinking, how did you get from that kind of flash, um, and, and animation heavy kind of world all the way through to to apps and and joining Pixite? Sure. So that's so that's the you know so how do how do the two bridge? Um, whatever year it was. Uh, so the iPad came out. Um, I had the iPad two. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, I I, I didn't purchased the ipad until the ipad 2 came out for whatever reason yeah i was just like this is interesting i had an iphone so on and so forth and adobe had announced um the ability to publish to ios which i was really excited about um i you know that it felt like there was an opportunity there i was i, I was interested in apps so you know i think just playing with 
playing with the phone, um, you know, playing with maybe playing with Instagram, you know, playing with Instagram and, and you know, doing taking photos with Instagram and um, and just seeing I'm like, hey, they're like, you know, there's 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 something here. Like we should be able to create art with these things, you know. Yeah. Um, and I didn't I don't know if I did that much research. Maybe I maybe I did at the time I was trying to find apps that did sort of something interesting or artistically beyond just a photo with a you know, with a filter on it. So I started playing around. Um, uh, I, I was always sort of dabbling in Flash with, you know, doing something. And, and I eventually landed on this, hey, is there a way to do um, live, like this interactive visual performance software or app? Um, and, I, and I think my first experiment was drawing on the screen so drawing on the ipad would would create um it would create it would you know draw geometry onto the ipad and the geometry would respond to audio whatever track i had sort of embedded in the swift file or the binary uh, you know at that point um it would react to the you know peak values and then you could sort of change the visual and it would be this kind of performance tool like on the ipad um and that was sort of an internal thing that i was playing around with and that was fun um, I never put that out. Um, and then I said, well, you know, let me let me go down this road. Let me see what it's like to sort of create an app um, and learn what there is to learn. Uh, I've always I've been self-taught since day one. I didn't go to school. Everything I've learned um, has been through literally dabbling and playing and learning software and researching online. And so it's like, OK, well, let me see what this app thing is all about. And so I started I took that original idea of like drawing on the screen and creating geometry. Um, and I decided to build a painting app around it. And originally you would draw, you, you would sort of create sort of, um, not, not sort of brush strokes, but like different types of polygons, uh, you know, um, squares, triangles, uh, hexagons, whatever. And as you drew them, they would sort of fade out. Um, right. so it was like sort of temporary and it would be this sort of neat meditative experience. And then, I sort of took took a step back from the fading out thing, and I was like, well, maybe I can just do interesting things with geometry. Um, and so I made all these different brushes. Some would create squares that would s- stick to, like, a grid. Some would be, uh, you know, the different types of polygons, whether they're outlined or filled in. And then I started to play with um, randomly adjusting the sort of opacity or the thickness of the strokes um, based on, you know, the, the acceleration of your movement. Um, and so I was having fun with this and I was like, okay, well, let me build, let me build like a full app around it. And I called it, I don't know where the name came from. Maybe it's something to do with the shapes, but Deco sketch right. was the name, is the name of the app. And it's actually still in the app store today. I've actually done a few updates to it over, I mean, it's been eight years. I haven't touched it in four years, four or five years. <laughs> I actually, I actually am not even sure I'd know how to do flash development anymore. <laughs> I had a guy a couple of years, uh, four or five years ago, help me do an update to it. And, and that was the last time we touched it. Um, wow. So that was a, a flash developed app, but yeah. w- within whatever structure Adobe had for them bringing that into a, a, an iOS app. Yeah. Yeah. And it surprisingly still works with, even on, you know, with all the iOS updates. Um, there are a couple, I forget which, which uh, iOS updates? So there are a few that I was I had to sort of republish them to get them to get it to work. 
Um, but miraculously it still works, which is crazy. Um, that's amazing. And, and the performance is pretty good too. I'm, you know, pretty, you know, it, it exports, you can save, you know, I think it's just a JPEG, but I think you can export up to 4096 by 4096, depending on your, um, sort of project size. So, so yeah, that was, that was my deco sketch is my first app. You know, it's a, it's a geometric painting app is how I sort of, sort of describe it. Awesome. So that was your gateway app into the, the app store and the space. Yeah. Um, so after Deco Sketch, um, I'm wondering like how, how you sort of came across into Interpixite and and what that really looked like in those days. So I I moved from LA to San Diego uh, 2013, I think, um, and I was freelance, still freelancing at the time. And I was working, um, found a little co-working space in San Diego called Third Space. Really, really cool co-working space. Um, warehouse vibe. A lot of creative people. Just unique layout. Um, and Eugene and Scott and I think a couple other guys they were working with at the time um, were working out of Pixite. Uh, sorry, working out of Third Space. And I just sort of overheard their conversations. And, and you know, and I was sort of doing my own thing. I, I would do freelance work for clients in LA and, you know, still, and then work on deco sketch on the side. And eventually we just got to talking, you know, and we were sort of sharing wares. Um, actually, you know, what's funny is, uh, I think where the conversation kicked off was, do you know about the leap motion or do you remember the leap motion? Um, not that, not that well. Um, tell me a little more about it. So the Leap Motion um, was a, a startup around whatever year that was that has this little uh, this little box. It say it's I don't know three inches by by two inches, and it's a it's a motion control device for your computer. You know it'll respond to hand gestures. Um, before you know this was around the time where the where the Microsoft Connect was was kind of popular, and so they they were sort of taking the next step and beyond sort of skeletal tracking, this was finger tracking. And they were, we were, they delivered it to, you know, if you signed up, you could, you know, as a developer or a test beta tester, you can get one of these things and sort of play around with it. And they were using one to, um, to create a sort of, as a, as a fun experiment to create a motion, uh, or, you know, finger tracking control of this, uh, software called web albums that uh they were originally focused on um and to take a step back well that web albums was the project that scott and eugene from pixite were uh, working on they're the co-founders by the way uh it's scott sakura and uh eugene uh, kaneko um web albums was a an ipad app a native ipad app to manage your picasa photo album or your photos before google photos and before google had a native um ipad app and they did really well um when you know putting that out and that was sort of their bread and butter and they eventually shifted to iphone um i'm sort of sidetracking but to go back to the leap motion thing they were making a uh, a mac version actually i think they had made a mac version already of web albums and so this was a fun experiment like you know let's try it out and i had one as well and i was doing the same thing with deco sketch so that sort of kicked off the conversation we're sharing wares. Um, we got to talking. They were excited about the creative stuff I was doing. Um, I was excited to meet actual iOS developers rather than me being, you know, I was looking for 
and I was somebody who knew what they were doing on the iOS side to work with. Yeah. Um, cause I always felt like a bit of a hack, you know, much of my career. Um, I, all, you know, all the development I learned, I just was just through trial and error really. Um, so there's a mutual interest in what, what we were both doing. Uh, we got to talking and they're like, Hey, you know, what do you think about maybe taking a bit of Decker sketch and, and putting it into web albums as a sort of creative tool that people could, uh, use on their photos that they're storing, um, storing a Picasso. And we started on that and I was sort of relying on the, on the leap motion stuff. I thought there was going to be something really interesting there. I sort of, I put all bets in that direction and I sort of, <laughs> um, sort of running out of money actually. Um, cause I decided I was like, Hey, I'm just gonna, I'm going to freelance. I'm going to figure this out. Um, I made big bets on this, you know, on, on a lot of different things on deco sketch and, on leap motion and, and what, what have you. And I sort of panicked and it was like, this isn't going to work out. I'm running out of money. And I went home and had, I had, I came up with this, this, this app idea that I pitched to them, um, which is tangent, which is the first, the first app we did together. Um, I pitched it to Scott and Eugene and they were, they were pretty interested in it. And so we all worked on that for like the next few months. Um, and tangent was, or actually it's not in the app store anymore, but tangent was the idea was you could put geometric patterns on top of your photo. So you load up a photo in tangent, you have this whole collection of geometric patterns with different blending modes. You can put them on top of your photo and sort of scale, rotate, what have you. And then there's like a collection of masks as well. So you could mask the, the geometric pattern with other sort of simple, simple geometric shapes. That was, that was the pitch. And we put that together in a few months. Um, and then we launched it and it got featured. I remember awesome. taking a walk with my, I remember talking to walk with my son and I get a call from Eugene. And he's like, dude, did you get the email from Apple? And I was like, what? He was like, they're going to feature tangent. And we were like, like mind blown. I was like, holy crap, really? Fantastic. Like, that's amazing. And that Pixite had never had a featured app. And so we were both super excited and super proud. And that was sort of, that was where we started. And, uh, you know, the, the app got featured. Uh, we, um, it did really well at launch. Um, and then I ended up joining the company a few months later. Um, I do want to take a step back and sort of share a little bit about the, I feel like I, I have a responsibility to share that the inspiration of where Tangent came from, um, when I was doing the deco sketch thing, I sort of, I discovered Instagram and I was like, I remember searching online saying, Hey, is anybody using deco sketch? Cause you really don't know. I'm a, you know, you get emails no, you maybe once in a blue moon, blue moon. And I found a couple people, there was like a few hashtags on Instagram where people are using deco sketch. And I was like, Holy crap, people are using deco sketch and some other piece of some other app. And they're putting deco sketch on top of their photos. And I was like blown away by that. I was like, this is really cool. And I discovered this whole community on Instagram of, for lack of a better term, iPhonographers. That's probably the most popular term or they call themselves editors. Yeah. Um, and there were, there were a few people who were doing something really interesting. There was Merrick Davis who had something called Mextures, um, which they eventually created an app around. Um, but Mextures and then Neil Deeker made this thing called ND Patterns and then Lawrence Rossier, I think his name was, is created this thing called Lori Stripes. And what these were is they were black and white images of different things, of like textures, 
of interesting designs, and they would offer them on Dropbox, and you'd go to their Instagram account, you go to Dropbox, you download these things, and you could lay these patterns on top of your photos using some blending app. I forget which popular blending apps there were back in the day. But it was just like this interesting thing going on, and I was like, can we make an app around that and just make it easier, you know, uh, specific to the sort of, you know, not stealing their idea, but, you know, borrowing that idea and riffing on it. And that's where the sort of geometric um, overlays came from. That's super cool. I mean, you, you had Deco Sketch out there and then you happened upon this sort of like subgenre and kind of niche um, of, of people that were playing with the app in a way that you hadn't predicted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the the literal tangent that you took from that with tangents sort of say okay we can we can riff totally. on this we can yeah that's that's super cool and obviously that led you to to that initial success as well with the the featuring in the app store that that sounds like it really set the scene for sort of starting things off with with yourself and pick sites and and everything that happened next i guess um in terms of the next apps that you you worked on there yeah it really did um yeah, from there. Um, so in the beginning, yeah, it was just it was just Scott and Eugene and myself and um, Rich uh, Rich Chang, who is another developer who they had hired around the same time that I joined the team. So it was just the four of us, um, uh, and we just started exploring, like like really diving into this community and, and looking for new ideas of what to offer them and um, looking for inspiration of what they're doing and. We found different things here and there, and we ended up creating, uh, in, in, you know, we ended up creating four apps in one year, which is bonkers when I think about it now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> each one with a really with a really different um, sort of output. Uh, uh, Laurent Rossier, who I mentioned, Lori Stripes, uh, he's actually he's a he's an Italian designer and architect. Um, he had contacted us and said, "Hey, can we make Lori Stripes an, an app?" and said, yeah, that sounds like a really interesting idea. And, and we took, so his lorry stripes were these sort of, these like ribbons, these like black and white ribbon um, designs that you could overlay on your photo. And we said, well, what if, what if we made those three-dimensional, the ribbons three-dimensional, and so you could rotate them and like orient them any way you wanted on your photo. And we wow. did, and it was it was it was well received, you know. And you know, so there's all these different 3D ribbon shapes where you could rotate any way you want, you know, scale, colorize, what have you, and lay on top of your photos. Um, and then that that uh, inspired by that, we we moved on and we made another app called Matter, which was a similar idea, but it was it was more it was different, just all kinds of 3D shapes, not just uh, ribbons. And then that had a sort of audio reactive uh, video output uh, feature that we added to it. Um, the fourth app we made that year was called Fragment, uh, which is it's so hard to describe Fragment. We called it prismatic effects. Like if you look through a prism uh, at, at something and you could see all the different facets of your of a photo through your through that prism, that was kind of the effect it made. But there was all these different shapes that create these different prismatic effects. So. So those are the four creative apps that we 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 made in that first year. Fantastic. So that kick started everything and I'm thinking that this is what what sort of year are we talking here? That was I think it was 2014 was when yeah. I think that's the year we did we did all four of those apps and we really 
we were so excited about that, you know, the, the content or the, the art that people were making with, with our apps that it would just, it fueled us. Like that was, that was fuel every day. We were sure constantly sharing like, Hey guys, did you see this one on Instagram? Did you see this one? And it was really neat because they were, they started to combine, um, all the apps together to, to create different things. Um, you know, right. like sort of app stacking, I guess is what they were calling it. So the apps themselves were working like this sort of palette of different um, paintbrushes, effectively that people could use with their their photos. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I actually the the sort of the to touch on it real quick because I forgot I forget where this lands in the spectrum. Um, I think it was Tangent was the end of two thousand three, and then there was the other three apps in two thousand fourteen, and then the fourth that was the year we did four apps. The fourth app was Union, and Union is a compositing app. It's two layers and a mask and that we, and that's it. And it was, we just was trying to make it really simple. It's got, you know, you could, uh, you know, load two layers, you could do masking with an eraser or a magic wand, yep. or we had sort of, um, you could load a photo as a mask and it would use the, you know, the grace, the grayscale, uh, you know, the, the blacks and blacks and white, black and whites, well, whatever you probably know. I'm trying to think of a term and I can't remember it. Um, the brightness values, that's what I'm yep. looking for yep. to, to decide the masking. And you, you, would also use, uh, some geometric shapes. Um, so that was, that was the year we did four apps in one year and that was awesome. the so, so union quite literally sort of let you do that, that as you described before that app stacking sort of bringing yeah. different outputs. Yep. And then you could flatten them and then add another layer. And, and so that was, that became the sort of the glue for everything, I suppose. Brilliant. So what do you think the app store was like sort of 2014 compared to, to what it's like today? Did, have, has Pixite had to change anything over, over the years? Yeah, the, yeah, I mean, the app store, the app store was different. Um, there was a lot more I mean, it's, it's a completely different beast now and it's, it's, you know, they've got all these really cool editorials and stories about developers and stories about games and it's, it's kind of a magazine it's uh now and none of that stuff was there before it was really you've got your you know your your cat you know your 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 high level categories you know games entertainment lifestyle photography that was one of the things that always used to drive us nuts was our apps were we always had to put them in photo because there was no nowhere else to put it but they're not they weren't while you could load a photo there wasn't weren't necessarily photo apps. They were they were design apps that we would. It always it always bothered us. But yeah. was, I think it was like photo was the sort of photo and video was the primary category, and then entertainment was sort of secondary. Um, we always felt it was really important that the apps had to be fun. It had to be you had to sort of get lost in it. I, I always there was a sort of um, there was a little like internal test that I knew where we'd be sitting around the the, the table and we're sort of testing, testing one of our apps. And when we all shut up for like three minutes and we're just playing with the app, I was like, we made it like, this is it. Like, this is fun now. (laughs) Yeah. But to go back to, you know, the app store. um, Yeah. I felt like there was, you know, everything was paid. You know, that was, I think that was the biggest difference. Like we weren't in this situation where we are now where everything's free and you're, you're having to find another way to upsell people in the product. It was really, um, you promote your app through any any manner of sort of channels, you know. Like for us, it was most it was primarily social media and the community we were we were serving and working with, um, and they really helped uh, build buzz around our products internally. Um, 
and launch day was a big deal for us. Um, we would we would sort of do this slow drip of information about the products to yep. you know on our Instagram accounts, and then we make an Instagram account for the for the new app, and then we we you know we start ba- you know we start um, picking out certain artists that were pretty well known and doing really cool art and sharing the you know the betas with them, and they would start to post about the the new apps and. Um, they would help us build buzz. Uh, this is sort of maybe before uh, the the Instagram um, evangelist or our Instagram um, personality was like a big thing. Yeah, it and sounds so, like you're ahead of the curve a little bit there, to be yeah, honest. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that helped build some buzz. And, and launch day was a really big deal for us. Uh, it always was because I think we would submit what was – oh, you know what it was? Oh, I forgot about this. This is really interesting. For some reason, Thursday was the day you were supposed to launch an app. And I don't remember where we came where we came up with this. I remember reading it somewhere online. I remember. Was, yeah, I don't remember exactly where it was, but I remember the anecdote. And I, I seem to recall that I released GoVJ around about the same time. <laughs> Total, totally, because that was actually that was when that was when the app store would promote new new app that was when they they had like whatever they called it app of the day actually i don't think they were calling it app of the day i forget what they were calling them but thursday was the day um and so when we submitted was really important and then it couldn't wouldn't release until that thursday and then yep. of course back then it was you didn't know how long your app was going to take to review so i think we always submitted like two weeks in advance and yep. prep for any sort of rejections from Apple and sort of give ourselves enough enough leeway. Um, oh, funny, funny little story uh, related to um, the App Store and the the, uh, the 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 localization. Sorry, the the languages. I guess um, when we made Tangent, Tangent was not available in the U.S. App Store. It was already taken, and so we found. I don't know. I read this somewhere. I was like, "Oh, if your if your name's not available, like making a Canadian language app as your primary <laughs> language, and then you can use that word." And I was like, "That's brilliant." <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is we we didn't have to do that with the other apps, but we ended up doing it anyway because there was like we did well with Tangent, and we felt like there was you know there's something there. Like, oh, let's just keep doing that because we don't want to we don't want to mess with this 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 process that we've been going through so we did that we did that for a number of years it was really funny <laughs> um but you know and then and then as you know everything went to zero you know everything went free yeah and we had to sort of you know we scrambled a little bit um i forget what year it was for me that certainly feels like 2017 was sort of where the, the tipping point started to kick in yeah yeah yeah, we, we we got lucky because we did we did well in that we didn't we didn't advertise anywhere. We didn't we didn't advertise, we didn't do user acquisition, we didn't we I mean we had websites, but we didn't put any money into marketing. Um our the community that, the community that we were building apps for was really supporting us and helping us to, you know, sort of climb the ranks um in the app store. I think that was another big difference was your ranking in the app store was was more important um, than yeah. it is now, I think. Um, and that would help you sort of, if you get into the top 10 list, 
like that that was huge because then you ended up on the i think on the front page of the of the app store or no well the top 10 list for your category um yep. you would end up on the front page of that category and that helped a ton because um, I, I remember those the, the top 10 lists you know like top 10 paid top 10 free and then you know you've got the subcategories but i feel like even though they still exist i, th- I think they still exist in the app store I don't think people use them these days. Nowhere near in the same way as they did, you know, when that was the only real way of sort of like, it was one of the major ways of, of discovering apps. I think these yeah. days it's not really used. Yeah, exactly. It was it was a much bigger deal. Um, like, you know, like you said, discovery. You know, if you were looking for something new and, and I think... I think this is sort of when apps apps were interesting. They were exciting. You know, people were excited to see what new apps were on the app store. And um, I mean, there were there were a lot. There were thousands, but um, it was it was still unique and fun. Like, hey, have you seen this app? Have you seen this app? And and that you know sort of got diluted quickly. You know, over over many years. And as we know, there's God hundreds of thousands. Who even knows at this point? Um, but uh, yeah, whatever year it was, I forget what year it was, but we, I want to say 2016 or 2017, um, we released assembly. We were really excited about assembly. Um, assembly is a, it's a vector design app for iPhone and iPad. And it takes a sort of different approach to vector design in, in our goal. Actually, our goals were different when we, we started, but where we landed was we wanted really wanted to lower the bar to vector design and vector design is, is confusing. Like Adobe Illustrator is confusing and, and trying to trying to learn vector design, I, I feel like is it, it takes a bit to wrap your head around, especially if you're coming from, you know, traditional raster type things. Um, and just like how Bayesian curves work and working with points and using Boolean operations and all that stuff. And we started really simple in that we were just offering shape packs, you know, it'd be like a space shape pack or a, um, or a geometric shape pack. Um, or, uh, you know, a circus pack or a city pack. And you could just, you take all these shapes and you just lay them out onto this, onto the artboard and then you just rearrange them and you scale them and you rotate them and you, you just, they're like, it's like building blocks. It's like Legos or, you know, working with felts. And, and that was sort of, that was our simplified approach to, um, to vector design. And we, we had big hopes about it. We had high hopes about it. This was actually, I think the one and only time we did a launch party at our office yeah, and uh, we we were so excited. We actually we we had a um, Scott built a um, a wooden version of our logo and it had LED lights behind it, and he hooked it up to the App Store so that every time we got a purchase, it would do this animation. And so we were super excited. We had this launch party. We were watching the logo animate. We're like, oh, cool, a new sale, and you know, it was super fun. Brilliant. And it kind of fell flat in its face really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were pretty devastated. We didn't, we didn't quite get the buzz um, that we were looking for. And I think we, I don't know if you sort of look back, maybe, maybe we started to get a little too advanced for um, the community that we were serving. Who knows? I, I don't, I don't know. Um, quickly after that, that was, a, that was in the fall of, I don't know, I forget, two, six, 2016 or 17. But quickly after that, um, I think it was literally, so we launched assembly maybe in October we immediately started the next app, which is Pigment, um, like, a, you know, three weeks later. Yeah. Uh, and I think Eugene was the sort of the spearheaded that 
that project and he got the idea from just sort of I think just going to Barnes and Nobles or bookstores and just seeing there's adult coloring books everywhere. Like what is this? You know? Yeah. Um and the iPad and the pen uh yeah, the iPad Pro and the Apple Pencil were coming out in December. So we he looked at two those two things to say, there's a big opportunity here. Let's let's take a look at this and let's let's build an adult coloring app uh and coincide with the launch of the iPad Pro and the Apple Pencil. Um and we did pretty well. We did we did great. You know, we had like you know Christmas launch. Christmas was always we always did well around Christmas because everybody gets their gift cards and um new machines. Sales. Yeah, exactly. And sales always go up. Um, but yeah, we launched, we launched pigment, um, that December. And that, I think that was probably one of our, our biggest launches to date. Um, and one thing I want to mention that I'm really proud of is every single one of our apps we've launched since tangent has been featured by Apple, um, in one way or another. like, they were always featured on launch day. And then we've been, we've been like, we've been really, Apple's been really good to us. Sorry, Apple has been really good to us, and I feel really fortunate and thankful for the support that we've gotten from them. That's um, amazing. So they featured they featured Pigment um, at the same time that the Apple Pencil and the iPad Pro came out, um, which was a really big deal for us. We did really well when we launched, um, and that's sort of you know what, what was always interesting is launch day came, you did super well, and then you know, the, the numbers dropped, you know, because as you as you fall off the front page of the app store you know the next app gets launched and yours is your app isn't isn't quite it doesn't get as much coverage um we were actually um oh sorry casey newton from the verge started writing articles and talking about how the 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 death of apps i think it was what he was he was saying he's like apps are no longer interesting people don't care about apps anymore this world is sort of over um and he ended up connecting with us. I forget how it happened, but he was curious about our whole story. And at the time, we were we were actually running out of money because um, assembly didn't work, and uh, pigment didn't did really well at launch. But you know that the the numbers came down, and yeah. uh, he sat with us for a weekend as we did our sort of weekends. Well, it was it was supposed to be our weekend retreat. We always would go away for a retreat. But instead, we had to sort of scramble and say, okay, how are we fixing this? Um, and he wrote a whole article about that experience and sort of the death of the App Store. And um, so it's an interesting read if anybody wants to go look it up. I forget what the name of the article is. But, um, yeah, you know, he, he, he looked at what we were doing and seeing us, you know, the paid, the paid app was sort of dying and going away. And that's when we sort of we had to switch to subscription. Right. So in switching to subscription, has that kind of changed anything about how you how you market or how you um, sort of launch an app? Um, I think the the most the most interesting part, or actually the, the the biggest change about switching subscription is instead of doing your marketing efforts, sort of, or or your you know, instead of you doing your 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 convincing of, hey, this is why you should buy my app, uh, in in the front, you know, sort of from a from a website or from a, you know the the app store, you know, marketing uh, material, the the description, the, the screenshots, whatever, 
you're really trying to get them just to download the app and then you're, you're doing that convincing in the app. Um, so now you have this free app, you get, you, they download it for free, you give them this experience, but then you have to sort of convince them, okay, Hey, you've had this experience for free. Now, you know, here's these things that are limited that you can get complete access to sort of, you know, pigment for instance had, um, a limit to the pages that were available that you could color. And then you, you had access to only certain brushes that you could use. And we were trying to convince people to sort of sign up for a subscription and then they would get weekly updates and they would get all these brushes and then, and then continued, you know, obviously continued updates every month or two with the, with the app. Um, yeah. so that was, that was the biggest change. That resonates for me. I sort of find, um, it kind of feels like with the, the, the free model, you've really got to kind of um, wait until you have permission to ask people for money, mm-hmm. you know, by, by providing that experience and then asking. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a right time and there's a wrong time and you really don't know. And that, and this is actually when we sort of started doing a lot of AB testing to, to learn these things, to figure this out. You know, you, you have all these, you have all these assumptions and, you know, you're sort of working in a bubble. Like we were, we were literally working in a bubble for a long time and in just this community that we were building products for and, and these artists that we were working with. Um, we didn't, we had no sense of what it was like to try and serve the, you know, the mainstream, you know, that, that demographic a little more. And, and this was very much mainstream because adult coloring was, that was, that was the peak, I think, of, of adult coloring. And it, it's sort of, it, it, it rode out for another few years and it's still, it's still a thing, but it's, that was, that was the highest, you know, so everybody, everybody and their brother got an adult coloring book for Christmas that year. And yeah. so, um, I think time, time wise, we were, we were really lucky, uh, that, that Eugene sort of caught that stuff. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was a big shift for us. It was okay. Here's, here's a more mainstream audience that we're working with. Um, here's a, it's a little different, uh, you know, the coloring pages, coloring in general was a little different in that before people were sort of starting from scratch and, and creating art with their own photos and, and these, you know, these effects that we had. And then now you're, it's a, it's more of an entertainment experience. It's more yeah. of a meditative, relaxing experience. And so how do we best serve, um, artists who want to experience this, um, the whole new, whole new thing to learn. Um, this is when we started uh, learning about user acquisition and paid advertising. Um, that that you know, I think your question of like how how is it different now compared to where it was today, or sort of launch launch dates. Um, I don't think that the launch isn't as important anymore uh, because it's that that spike you get at the beginning isn't such a big deal anymore. I don't think people are paying as much attention yep. to the app stores as they are anymore. Um, so you have to get attention elsewhere, you know, through, through the social networks, you know, through ads in the social networks, it's a, you know, it's a necessary evil, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it certainly feels to me like, um, you, obviously you have a launch and you, you definitely want to put some weight behind that, um, just to sort of kick things off. But the, what you might have previously got all in the first few weeks or whatever is now sort of stretched out. Mm-hmm. And actually, you're looking for for not just it sort of being the same hit stretched out, but to to maintain and to find a level that is is you know residual. Um, yeah, maybe. exactly. You 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 know you 
you know, you need like when wanting to grow a company, you really need some, you need to know like, well, how much need stability. We can't rely on these spikes every few months or hoping and hoping for some sort of, uh, feature from Apple. We really need to, you know, we want to grow the company and, and, you know, hire more developers or designers or whatever. We really need to have it get a better sense of, okay, what kind of revenue, um, are we pulling in monthly in order to support growing the team? And that wasn't going to fly on, um, you know, these paid apps and the subscription helped make things a little more predictable. Um, a lot more predictable actually. That's awesome. So what's next for, for PickSite and, and for yourself? What what new projects are coming through? Well, we just launched, well, not just, it's um, this year we launched, um, our, you know, first, it's the first app we've launched in three years or since Pigment, three or four years. Um, it's a, it's called Zinnia. It's a creative journaling app. Um, there is a world of, uh, bullet journaling. I don't know if you're familiar, but um, bullet journaling is a way to sort of, you know, with pen and paper, um, organize your notes uh, using these really specific bullets and this technique uh, to categorize and organize the information that you're tracking in your journal. Um, I know I'm not really doing it justice if someone's interested in what bullet journaling is. Like, go Google it. Um, but it evolved into um, what we're kind of calling creative journaling, where the focus in a lot of ways was around tracking a bunch of information in your journal and then making it, since tracking information, tracking your weight or tracking your exercise or tracking the, your book you're reading or your meditation, is it terribly interesting? So how do you make it creative? And so people started making these really beautiful um, journals, I mean, journal pages, and it became this whole community. Um, and this is another situation where, you know, this is, we've sort of done this over and over again, where we see a community of, of people doing something either digitally or, or analog and like, how, well, how do we make it easier for them to do what they're doing? Um, and there, there's a couple ways in which people were using different apps that weren't necessarily made for this creative journaling experience um, but just sort of forcing them, forcing the app, the apps to do what they wanted to do. And we said, well, let's make a, a native experience that it's more, you know, it's more friendly and more functional and really built around this whole creative journaling um, community. And so Zinnia is a multi-page, um, multi-page drawing, text input, photo, creative layout tool. Um, it's, it's built for creative journal, you know, journalers. Uh, it's got a studio of, I don't know, maybe up to 10,000 different graphics of all kinds of, um, themes that you can That's use quite to lay out in your, um, in your journal. Uh, you can have as many journals as you want. Each journal can have as many pages as you want. Um, and it's, you could actually do, you can do a lot with it. Uh, you know, it's, it's not, um, it's not only for journaling. You could create a photo book with it. You could create a recipe book with it. You could use it for taking notes at work. You could use it for, you know, planning your week, like whatever. You know, I think just the idea of a multi-page uh, design app built for iPad, we're working on the iPhone version, 
um, really provides a lot of capability. So we launched Zinnia in, I think, February, um, and that's been our primary focus this year. Uh, we're working towards the iPhone release in the end of in you know the end of the year, you know, New Year or December ish, the the awesome. holidays. Yeah, and then what's coming next? Um, you and I have talked a little bit about uh, is a sort of audio video, audio visual projects um, that I don't want to I don't want to really uh, reveal too much about it, but um, the general sense is like we're, we're trying we want to support musicians in creating um, short form vi- you know, visuals or videos uh, easily uh, for promotion of their, you know, their, their production or music to then share on social media. So we're hoping to dive into that uh, in 2021 at some point. Brilliant. Oh, it's been really, really cool talking with you, Ben. Um, before we go, though, where can people find you online? Well, if you're looking for information PicSight related, uh, you can go to our website at PicSightApps.com. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at, at PicSightApps. And then I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Ben Garrett. Um, I won't pretend tell you how to spell that. I'm sure it'll end up somewhere in the notes here. Yep. Um, I don't have a website anymore. I took down, took down my websites. It just didn't seem valuable anymore. But I just remembered it stumbled upon my Vimeo account, which actually has covers many years of all these sort of video projects I've or installation projects that I've done over the the past uh, eight or 10 years. You know, if you wanted, if anyone wanted to do a deep dive in some, some of my um, visuals or whatnot. Fantastic. Well, I'll link all of those up in the show notes for people and they can check you out. Thank you very much, Ben. It's been awesome talking with you. Thanks, David. This has been a pleasure.